You are listening to From the Ground with Wallace Farms. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us today. This is our very first podcast. It's just going to be an introductory podcast today. I just wanted to offer you guys a little bit of insight about what we're going to be doing here and what you can expect in the future. I am Amanda Wallace. I am the owner and operator of Wallace Farms in Southern Nevada, and I am going to be co-hosting this podcast with my best friend and husband, Ryan Wallace, and he will be joining us next week when we get into our first topic. Today, I kind of wanted to just let you know who we are and where we're from, how we got started and what we're doing and what to expect in the future of this podcast. So first things first, I am Amanda and I am originally from Western New York and it's about an hour and a half south of Buffalo in a little tiny town called Cuba and I grew up around farms. It's a, it's a farm town. Grew up around farms. There were farms everywhere. Um, very rural country area. We always had gardens growing up. Um, I just, I kind of grew up around that lifestyle. And then when I was about 12, we moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, which was total culture shock, as you can imagine, I'm sure. Total culture shock. Um, not a farm in sight. Dry, hot, no rain, just completely opposite from where I spent my formative years. Um, my husband, Ryan, is from Southern California, so he grew up in a smaller town, but um, definitely the suburbs. He grew up in Castaic, so outside, like near Magic Mountain. Um, so he he didn't grow up around farms or, or country life at all, really. So this is all kind of new to him, but he's he's excited to he's excited to take on this this new adventure. Um, farming has been it's something that I've always wanted to do. It's something I've always been excited about and had in the back of my mind, even when we were in the city or um, even, you know, times during my young adulthood when I lived in an apartment, I always gardened and had little things growing around my house or like a, like a container garden or a, um, you know, like a countertop herb garden or whatever. But it's always been a part of my life. So Ryan and I met... Um, in Las Vegas. He moved to Las Vegas for school. So we met in Las Vegas and we were married and now we have two beautiful babies, Charlotte and Scott, and they are loving this farm life too. They're just loving it. But we, we spent the majority of um, our marriage in Las Vegas, in the city of Las Vegas. So we had a really big backyard for the last, gosh, it was the last four and a half years, really big backyard. When I say really big backyard, I'm talking like an eighth of an acre, <laughs> which is huge for huge for Las Vegas. I mean, I don't if you've ever been there or if you if you've lived in an area like that, like it's just a little tiny, tiny, tiny backyard. So they're really there's opportunity if you're creative with your container gardening. And we had in our big backyard in our last house, we had two four by ten foot raised beds with cattle pound trellises between them. And we made it work. It was great. We really, really enjoyed that. So we spent a year gardening that way. And during that time, we, we just, we fell in love with it. We decided that it was something that we wanted to be able to do on a bigger scale and maybe full time. Maybe we would turn this into a career for ourselves or some type of income for ourselves. And instead of backyard farming or backyard gardening or um, 
hobby farming or whatever you want to call it. Instead of that, this, this would be our farm. This would be our, our business. This would be something that we could pass on to our kids. This would be our legacy. And it wasn't just about the gardening. It was about learning about sustainability and learning about self-sufficiency, really. It was learning about how to take care of ourselves without depending on things that were uncertain. And I'm so thankful that we did this because whatever it was eight months later, we're in COVID town, right? Like we, we start this whole thing in 2019, in the middle of 2019, it's like summer of 2019, we start building our beds and planting things and, and making these decisions to just kind of incorporate these things in a small way into our lives. And then by January of 2020, we were looking at properties to purchase bigger, bigger properties. We actually traveled to um, Tennessee and Texas and we're looking at bigger farms there. And ultimately we decided we didn't want to leave my family. So we found a home um, about an hour outside of Las Vegas in a rural area, which is amazing because it's kind of the best of both worlds. You know, I'm still only an hour away from my family and I'm only an hour away from good shopping and my favorite markets and things like that. We've got a, we've got a couple stores around here. We've got a Walmart and, you know, like the local grocery stores and things like that, but it's not great. There's no Sprouts farmer's market stores or anything like that out here. So we do still drive in occasionally, <clears throat> but for the most part, we have really enjoyed being out here. And it's funny, the house that we picked wasn't even a house that I was interested in seeing. We looked at a couple really great properties that had like five acres and little barns on them and things, but the houses were like dilapidated and just not, just not, not great, you know, not great. They were, they were fixer uppers. And I really wasn't looking for a project like that to take on. And the house that we ended up with was only on an acre and the interior wasn't pictured online at all. So you're always a little skeptical, right? When you're looking at houses, they don't have any pictures of the inside. And this house had been on the market for like, I don't know, two months at this point. So I'm like, oh, geez, it must be a dump. Why are we going to see this? You know, why are we, why are we wasting our time? But our realtor was so great. And he's, he lives in Las Vegas. So he actually drove the hour out here with us to look at these homes and he was like, you know, we're, we're already here. Why don't we just go take a look? What's the worst that could happen, right? Out of all of these dumps that we've seen, what's the worst that could happen? So we get to this place and we walk in and we realize that the home is a flip. So it is completely renovated and remodeled inside. And it looks like a house that I would have designed for myself. It's got the hardwood floor and really neutral tones on the walls and it's got a big huge like 12 foot um not 12 foot I think it's 10 foot quartz island so it's like white marbly white cabinetry I mean it's just perfect it was it was everything that I would have done for myself but it was already done and it was already there and big open floor plan and it was just perfect it was everything that I wanted it was a little smaller than the house that we lived in before but it felt bigger because of the open floor plan and then we get outside and there's nothing. It's a completely blank slate. And like I said, it's, it's only an acre. So I was a little skeptical about that to begin with. But when I really started doing the math about the space that we would need for what we were trying to accomplish, 
um, at least to, to begin with, it was, it was going to be a great start for our dreams. It was going to be a great start for our farm and for what we wanted to do. So looking around, you know, like I said, there was clean, there was completely blank slate. There was no, nothing in our way really. And, you know, I guess like some outbuildings would have been great or whatever, but we would have had to work around those things for planting and, um, you know, worrying about the shade that they would cause or whatever. There was no big trees in the back of the property. So we've got a couple trees in the front, but nothing in the back of the property where we're doing all of our farming. So it was kind of perfect. And I think we ended up putting an offer in on the house that day and we were able to pay cash for the home and paying cash for the home was really important to us um, so that we could remain debt free. And that was something going into this that we had planned on that we didn't want to, we didn't want to go into a project that we knew was going to be this expensive and this, um, this much money to get into. And not that all gardening is expensive, but when you're market farming, there are definitely things that you need to invest into. You have to invest in equipment and soil and soil amendments. And especially here in Las Vegas, the soil quality is not great. (laughs) There are definitely some things that are unique about Nevada soil that they're hard to explain to people because it's so drastic. It's so drastic and it's so unique that when I tell people about my soil, they're, they're thinking, they're still thinking of something that's better than, than what it is. And it's just been so hard. We've talked about how we've got compacted sand and heavy clay and, um, no moisture. And when I say no moisture, I feel like people think that I mean, it's not muddy. When I say no moisture, I mean, it is dust, dust, compacted clay, sand, dust. I mean, you could dig a two foot hole. You could dig a swimming pool and you are not hitting water, not a drop, not just kind of dry, like dust, dust. (laughs) It's so It's so hard for people to wrap their minds around that because it's just so strange. Like eventually, you know, you dig and you dig and you dig and you'll get to water. But literally, like we watched our swimming pool get dug when I was a kid and we whatever. And it's there's nothing. There's no water. And strangely, we actually sit on an aquifer. So like our wells here out in the rural area are fed from this aquifer. So eventually you'll get there. But for farming purposes, there is no water in the soil at all. And so so that was a challenge that we knew we were going to face with farming here in general. But either way, regardless, we had this whole clean slate of a property to work with and this very rectangular shaped um plot of land here and and the home was set towards the front of the property which is in the north and then we have the the whole back like three quarters of the property are all open and free for us to use and have nothing you know hindering us from using that so that's fantastic there were no outbuildings which you know that's a bittersweetness because a couple farm buildings would have been great like a little shed or a small barn or something would have been awesome, but we also don't have to work around those things now for farming and gardening. And we don't have to worry about if they're shading anything or whatever. So there was nothing here when we got here and we were, we were totally fine with that. Um, the first thing that we did when we got here, which looking back now, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> was buy goats. 
we wanted goats so bad. And that was the first thing. Like we'd wanted goats for a long time too. That wasn't, that wasn't new. And we just, we got overly excited. So I think we were here for like maybe eight weeks and we bought the goats and we had built them this little like kind of janky shelter situation. And it's actually, it's a sturdy shelter, but it's just not super cute. You know, neither of us really knew what we were doing. We kind of put together this plan and executed it and it works and it's functional, but it's just not, it's not great. You know what I mean? It's something that I would definitely update. I don't love where we ended up putting the structure either and it's heavy. It's too heavy for us to move. So we'll have to like take it apart at some point when we want to move it. Um, and the goats, we faced some issues with the goats <laughs> right out of the gates. Um, and this is unique, a unique situation. And, and I'll get into it deeper in another podcast because it's definitely an important story to share because it was it was a problem that we faced because we were naive. Um, the lady that sold us our male goats is a little sketchy. She says she didn't know that there was an issue, but it's hard to believe that it's hard to believe that as an experienced goat person, you, you don't know, you know what I mean? So we'll get into that another time. Basically we can't breed our boy goats. So we have two males and we have three females and the plan was to weather one of them, weather one of our boys and keep the other as a buck so we could breed them. And, um, we, we knew we wanted to make soap and using natural ingredients was really important to us. And we wanted to be able to source those things our, ourselves. So that's what we were going to do. We were going to have goats and make soap and cheese and have our own, you know, dairy and produce those things here. Um, we can't breed our goats. <laughs> Long story short, we can't breed our goats. So that's going to be something that we'll have to address down the road. And now doing what we're doing with the market farming and everything, it, it, it is something that I wish we had waited on. I wish we had waited on the goats or maybe just... I don't know if the situation had been a little better with our boys, it probably would have been fine, but that was such a, it was kind of a setback for us. So we got the goats, we built their little shelter. They're great. Um, they're kind of like a little escape artist. They've been little escape artists since we got them and we knew that was a possibility and that's a pretty common trait. Um, so it's been a little bit of a learning curve, but they bring us so much joy. They're like dogs, you know, like they have such, amazing personalities. <laughs> they're just, they're so great. Um, and then we got the chickens. Now the chickens, they were kind of a fiasco too, because we got the chickens before the coop. What comes first, the chicken or the coop, right? Well, the coop is supposed to come first. Let me tell you, make sure you have your coop situation before you buy your chickens. Do not buy chickens before you have your coop. And that's another thing that I had heard a hundred times while researching for doing this farm. And we didn't listen. We thought, oh, well, we'll just build the coop while the chickens are in the brooder and by the time the chickens are ready to go out into the coop, it'll be, it'll be ready to go and it'll be fine. Well, it was not, of course it wasn't right. <laughs> That's just the way it works. Sometimes it wasn't, we had, we had a lot of setbacks and like I said, we'd never really built anything before we built our little goat shelter. And, um, I definitely wanted the chicken coop to be something that was aesthetically pleasing because we knew it was going to be big. We knew we wanted to have a lot of birds and we were going to need a larger structure. So we ended up purchasing a shed kit and converting it into a uh, chicken coop, which I kind of documented some of that process on our Instagram page. And you guys can check that out there. We are at Wallace Family Homestead, W-A-L-L-I-S Family Homestead. 
And we documented some of that process there and it was pretty easy. It was pretty straightforward. Like it was my husband and I doing it. We did it by ourselves. We just followed the instructions and put the shed together. It was pretty basic. Um, we added a large run onto the chicken coop. We did those plans ourselves. It was really simple, really simple structure. It took us a long time though because of our schedules and we've got two little kids and we're homeschooling and all these things. So it just took us longer than we expected it to. And so during that time, like the chickens were ready to go out and we had them in like this temporary structure that was not ideal for them, not ideal for us, not convenient for anybody. So that was definitely a lesson learned. Then we built our greenhouse, which is just a cattle panel greenhouse. So we've got lumber on the bottom forming the frame and cattle panels over the top and then the greenhouse plastic. And we, um, yeah, I mean, it was really simple. We got the idea from the Stivers Homestead on YouTube and they are amazing. We've learned so much from them. They did this awesome design. They actually just built a new, even bigger one on their new property. And it's just such a simple, it's just such a simple way to quickly get up a hoop house on your property. And it was pretty inexpensive and easy to put together and it's just been such a joy so that was one good thing that we did pretty early on was was build the build the greenhouse we added six four by ten foot raised beds and those currently have things growing in them I'm going to add cattle panel trellises to those um yeah I mean it's just it's pretty simple setup that we've got back there right now with our with our garden we're going to be adding more raised beds because everything in the raised beds and around the greenhouse is going to be our personal garden. So that's what's going to be there to feed our family. And then the remainder of the property is going to be for market farming. So um, as I said about our, our soil issues, we knew that that was going to be an issue. So we did the raised beds to, to get some things growing right away and to get some things growing for our family. And for market farming, we, we've faced a lot of challenges with the, the in-ground gardening process. And in my mind, I wanted to be able to go a completely no-till route and not disturb the soil at all. But in like certain areas, like around our greenhouse where we did our personal garden, the ground was soft enough that it probably could have just been like broad forked or whatever and it was it was soft it was softer sand the center of the property was it might as well be concrete it was it's like a solid dinner plate like a baked layer of clay it's so hard to describe when you're not you know what I mean like it's hard to wrap your mind around but it's so true it was just a completely hard layer of compacted sand and clay and and you know any any areas that had been wet or may have gathered a little bit of rain or whatever it just collects and hardens and then the sun bakes it and we get, you know, 117 degree dry heat here. It was a, it, it's a giant freaking kiln. Like <laughs> it's just completely solid. So, and, and I'm talking like we couldn't even get a shovel into it. We couldn't even try to work it up ourselves. I bought a small like little cultivator and it was just bouncing off of the soil. I should have taken a video of it. It was bouncing off of the soil a cultivator, right? Like big metal teeth and, you know, whatever. Anyway, so ultimately we decided based on, and this wasn't just our decision alone. 
we have had mentors and we have had people in town who have had success with their gardens and who have had success with very small micro market farming give us the advice of have the property tilled to begin with work out your amendments add gypsum and soil conditioners and just whatever thing add things to your soil that are going to be beneficial for um you know leading to a less compacted situation plant some things in the ground like daikon radishes and whatever get your get your soil to be um ideal and then move forward with no-till in the future if that's what you want to do so we did decide to have the property tilled and we are in the process of like adding all the amendments and um we've got 40 tons of compost coming so we're working really 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 hard to improve the top few inches of our soil so that moving forward we can we can move ahead with a no-till process that's really what we would like to do we we know that that's the best thing for the earth and we just want to be honest about how we're getting to that point and if we had started out no-till I mean we could have probably eventually amended the soil or maybe I mean I don't even know that's the thing like it may have taken years and years and years but this way we're working things into the first few inches getting that process jump started and we will be able to plant in it now so that's where we're at in our process we've tilled the property we're waiting on our compost we're working in amendments and we're going to be um, market farming we've got three main crops that we haven't really talked about on our Instagram or anything yet. Um, I'm not sure if I want to share it yet. I think I might wait. I think I might wait till next week when my husband is on with me and we can kind of share what we're going to be working on. We've got three main crops that we're going to be planting and we've got a lot of things that we're going to be doing for market, but there's going to be three main things that we're focusing on. And we're so excited about them because they are three of our favorite things. <laughs> they're three of our favorite things. And they're not just, not just for food, but things that bring us joy. And we're so looking forward to just jumping in. We've got a million seed seedlings inside started and ready to go and they are anxious to get outside and we are anxious to get outside and we're creeping up on our last frost date here in the next couple of weeks so we're going to keep you know we're going to keep an eye on our forecasts and hopefully get things in the ground as soon as possible so that's where we're at in our process we've got the goats we've got the chickens we've got our gardens you know our garden beds filled up we're working on that and then we've got the whole property tilled that's where we're at and when I jumped into, we've always wanted to do a podcast. We had a sh very short-lived podcast a couple of years ago, and my husband is an on-air radio talent. He um, covers the Las Vegas Golden Knights NHL team, and he's been on, on the radio for like five years, and he actually has his own podcast as well. So he's got a lot of experience with this, and jumping into this with him is going to obviously be super beneficial because he's got so much experience, but we wanted to bring you guys something that's different. We didn't want to, this isn't necessarily an advice 
podcast. I mean, I guess it will be, but we're learning too. And we wanted to give you the perspective of somebody who is literally starting from the ground up. We have nothing here. We have nothing. You know what I mean? We're just starting. And there's so many unanswered questions, I feel like, for people who are just starting out. And sometimes there's information that's harder to find. And especially when you're dealing with unique soil conditions or unique climate conditions or whatever. I, I feel like there, there are some things available for people who have at least a little bit of knowledge or a little bit of basics or whatever, but there's not really a lot out there for people who are dealing with literally starting from the ground up, a completely blank slate. So we want to walk with you guys through this process. We want to share with you exactly what we're going to be doing step by step. And weekly, we're going to be discussing different topics that are vital to understanding and knowing and learning before you get started. Things like um, your climate, your, your hardiness zone. Those are so important and people ignore them a lot. People ignore those things often and they try to grow things that maybe wouldn't do well in their area because they get a little excited or they want to experiment or whatever. But like understanding your climate is probably the first step. Like having, having a space, understanding what you want to do, you know, but, but really understanding your climate and what you can do is foundational. You have to, you have to have that information and we want to be able to walk with you guys through those things because we're learning too, you know, and we, we are lacking information that we want to be able to dig into. And as we go, as we learn, we're going to share it all with you and we're going to share it all here. And in addition to hearing about our step-by-step process and hearing what we're doing to start our market farm, we are going to be having some amazing guests here. We have some people lined up that you will probably recognize from Instagram and YouTube, and they are so excited to join us and they're going to be sharing how they got started and they're going to be sharing with us maybe some of the mistakes that they made so we can avoid making the same mistakes and they're going to be teaching us and helping us grow. And I'm so excited. You guys are going to just absolutely die to hear some of these people and their stories and their missions. And oh my gosh, I've just got some really incredible people that are going to be joining us and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited that we're going to be able to share this journey with you. Please, if you aren't already, give us a follow on Instagram. We are at Wallace Family Homestead. W-A-L-L-I-S, Family Homestead. And you can also follow us on the podcast page, which is fromtheground.podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next week. Bye.